everyone and welcome to the Sweet Tea Series. My name is Ariana Silva and today I am joined by Jordan who is a student at the University of Texas. Right now she's the co-chair of the Young Conservatives of Texas chapter there and she's also the communications director for the Horde. So hi Jordan and welcome. Yes, thank you so much for having me here. So um, I guess tell me a little bit about yourself. So like uh, yeah. just the basic things that they'll ask you on your first day of class like name, major, we can skip pronouns for this one, okay. but here that you're in. <laughs> oh my goodness, no kidding. Okay, so my name is Jordan Leedy, and I am currently the senior advertising major at the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns. Yes, <laughs> but yes, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, minor in Spanish. I don't know if that's relevant to this, but I love it. Um, I always sound smarter when I throw that in, you know. That you're minoring in it? Yes. I mean, the languages <laughs> at UT are actually very difficult. They are. Like, usually when people... Like, I feel at any other university, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. They're getting a minor in a language. At UT, if you do the, like, most people do the language classes so outside of it. Like, I took the language credits outside of it because they're no. actually difficult. Yes. UT will make sure you're fluent if you take the courses at UT. Like, you will be fluent in that Do you that sound, language. like, better than the natives by the time that you're done with no, it? No, <laughs> not quite, but I'm able to talk with them, and it's, it's amazing. But, yeah. So, you're part of a publication called, is it just called The Horn or is it The Texas Horn? It's The Horn for short and in between us, um, but it is The Texas Horn officially. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a newspaper publication. It's online and we do print as well. It is, I think, the only conservative um, newspaper voice on campus. So that's kind of a cool thing about us that we give conservatives, I guess, a voice. Yeah, but you've also gotten like, it's not just a small thing. Like I no, think I remember it's doing- it's award winning too. It's yeah. gotten awards. Oh, do you want to tell us about the awards? Um, let me see if I can remember them. It happened a little bit before I joined, but I know that different newspaper publications that are notable and you would recognize have like used our articles or hired our graduates. So it's definitely yeah, an amazing but I thing. just the thing that really made me realize yeah. that how established it was was during one of the former elections, just how many interviews y'all did with all the different candidates, and yes. um, I feel like even during throughout session, I'm seeing y'all do interviews with all the different like legislators and stuff like that. So yes. I feel like you've had a lot of notable people being willing to like sit down with, with For your sure. and it's growing. You know, it's like because you say, let's say you get one interview with somebody, and then everyone else that they're a candidate against they're all of a sudden like oh no like i gotta get an interview <laughs> they get a little bit jealous of each other exactly so um you're also part of young conservatives of texas yes. which is how we met originally whenever i was still at ut <laughs> yes, it was. why don't you tell us about the organization yeah so it's basically a texas-wide organization at the chapter or at the state level i guess and then mm -hmm. uh, the chapter i'm a part of is obviously the university of texas chapter so and the co-chair there with another guy what kind of activities do you all do as part of that yeah so we do activism events where we either you know we could do anything from like holding signs like sort of a protest on campus or we could even do anything from like i don't know we do lunches together a lot of stuff like that um so that's like the activism part where we do that yeah so it's like the social yeah. what i remember the the big four were like we did social events activism Correct. events and then there was like um you got involved in races too do you guys still do the yes, get involved in that still, side still um do i guess yeah that sort of thing nice um so right now you are one of the i i mean in the grand scheme of the university yes. one of the lone conservatives being willing to be <laughs> open on campus yes. but i want to like kind of go back a little bit because you 
going into college, you weren't just like someone who was just bombastically open about being conservative. So true. Let's, let's start even before then. So when, how did you become conservative or how did you start yeah. in, imitating those values and implementing them in your own life? Yeah, great question. So I guess I've always been conservative. I had a very conservative upbringing. You know, my parents are always great parents about that. Um, very educational. They always answered any questions I had. We had open discussions about politics too. So that was nice and I appreciate that a lot. Um, it really didn't, I guess, I wasn't as conservative as I am now. That really started, I guess, during COVID because um, everything was, I guess, very political. And and when was COVID for you? Like when yeah, did it start? COVID for... fell for me right um, at the end of my senior year in high school. So right, I graduated 2020. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a time to graduate. <laughs> Was it weird? Like, do you feel like there was something that just felt left out or missing from, like, wrapping yes. up your high school experience? I missed out on a bunch of huge high school landmarks. You know, senior prom, totally, totally gone for me. Not an option. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Graduation was really weird. I could only invite six people total to my graduation. So that was another thing where it was like, oh, no, like, this was just stripped away. You know, you can't remake that graduation. Right. Yeah. And um, how was it? moving into college in an atmosphere like that? Yes, very weird. Um, at UT, I lived in the dorms like a lot of other freshmen. And in the dorms, normally you have a roommate. But for COVID, I guess this was one positive is that nobody had a roommate, really. They really made sure that everyone just had a dorm to themselves. Um, they had a lot of regulations, too. You know, you couldn't have anybody in your dorm that wasn't allowed. So there are a ton of rules. You know, you had to wear your mask constantly, like in the hallways, in the bathrooms, um, just throughout the, I guess, the dorms. But it was a very different environment. How was that then make, being able to make friends if you're just <laughs> <laughs> constantly in your room or with a mask the on? The only reason I had friends freshman year was because I met someone online in a group me group chat. Um, through an app. So the only way was I reached out to her and she had luckily friends that she probably met online. And then you get to meet outside of like that online sphere. And yeah, that's the only way though that I had friends. But I know a lot of people didn't even come to school that year. Um, wow. Yeah. Do you feel like it impacted like you or other people your age, like having to move into adulthood, but not, but having all of those <laughs> restrictions on them? Or? Yes. No, it definitely hindered that generation, especially the people that either graduated 2020 or, um, I guess, any time there really in that four years, I would say we've been kind of affected. You know, Like the ones socially. that hit in high school specifically is what you're saying? Um, the ones that graduated, and I guess up until now. I think now is like the most probably normal time to right. be a freshman, but it's been kind of crazy socially just trying to make friends i know it's been difficult how do student works work then if you're <laughs> oh it was complicated um that's actually why i got into yct originally they were the only ones that were like trying still i remember i wanted to join a dancing org and they were actually on zoom so i was like okay i i don't want to do that anymore but YCT was So was having... it like individual dancing or what, what, what was <laughs> I the had no idea. I just heard it was on Zoom and I was like, okay, that sounds really awkward. <laughs> I'm okay. But yeah, so YCT actually had their meetings outdoors. And that was an amazing opportunity because I was like, wow, these people are actually kind of normal. You know, this reminds me of normal times. And that's what I was craving so much. Did you show COVID. up with a mask to your first meeting? I did. I showed up with a mask and then tons of people there, I would say like half, didn't have a mask. 
And I was already kind of uncomfortable with the idea of taking off my mask because I've been like trained by the university so hard and in living in the dorms. So I finally like took my mask off and I, it felt liberating, honestly. I was like, wow, like this is normal. You know, I feel normal now. <laughs> but yeah. So you said you weren't political before COVID, right? So what, what was yeah. it about that experience that made you realize like, I guess something about individual liberty or something that has to be or that uh, yeah just like yeah. activated that part of you that needs so realizes question, that change because connected. I've always been very political but not knowing it you know and disguising it more as oh you know I'm a good Christian I go to church mm. you know I'm with my fellow churchgoers going to like a pro-life event you know it's always been in the background of things but it wasn't until I kind of I guess got older and it, politics and being political does come with age. Like you don't see a six year old being like, oh, yay, <laughs> politics. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely something that now um, I was kind of forced into it, really. I just thrown to the fire politics because of COVID, you know, it was so right. divisive, so polarizing. So, yeah, you know, it really made me like be more stronger in what I believe in. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, which is really awesome that you were able to cultivate that even while being at UT. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of, and one of the reasons I even wanted you to be on the show was to talk about some of the stuff happening at UT Austin and just what it's like to have to be a conservative in that sort of atmosphere. So yeah. um, just to, like read a couple of different like news headlines about it. So um, just to show how liberal UT is, there was a campus reform article that was published in May of this year that said the University of Texas at Austin recommended using women, spelt W-I-M-M-I-N, in place mm-hmm. of the word women, since the latter contains the word men. And the suggestion was initially published on the university's financial and administrative services website under its language matters glossary of terms. So that's the type of atmosphere that, oh. at least from my time at UT, I feel like I saw all around in several different yes. classes, that sort of thing. Um, so did you have experiences like that? Where- yeah, that's a very interesting fact. I didn't know that, but, you know, it does not surprise me one bit. Um, yeah, so I feel like every class basically has, you know, some sort of element of especially, you know, DEI or some sort of, like, like pronoun element, like, oh, everyone, like, introduce yourself, like you said earlier. Um, it's definitely relevant living on campus, being in the classrooms. So DEI is still a thing there. So It's a big thing. Yeah. So diverse, DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what was so weird is I feel like that started in that terminology was um, that became popular after I graduated. Really? And I only graduated like over just over I a year like ago now. Right. Yeah. But yeah. before then, I feel like we were still using stuff like intersectionality and we were using words like equity, but it didn't become... At least yeah. for me, I didn't notice it being de- diversity and inclusion yeah, until no, then that after that. first one, they don't ever use that. I've never heard that. But that's interesting how it changes so quickly. You didn't learn about the intersectionality no, of it? No, that's new to me. <laughs> well, I guess it's old now. But oh, yeah, so I remember true. we had like classes talking about that. Mm-hmm. So what 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 is the climate like then in terms of like social circles with teachers? What does that look yeah. like? Let's see. So basically, um, I would say it's up front in the syllabus. You know, you start a class and it's like boom like right there already every syllabus has to have it I think I haven't seen a syllabus without like a DEI part in it um let's see so it actually yeah. was banned though this year by the really? Texas legislator That's so funny. there's um yeah I actually have a different story about this so okay. um this is something that was published by one of our writers here at TBPF um senior fellow Sh- Sherry Sylvester 
So she just kind of goes over it saying, Governor Greg Abbott sa- signed Texas anti-DEI bill into law on June 14th, which should close down so-called diversity, equity, inclusion offices on every Texas university campus. Um, so that's, but you're saying that didn't happen for you guys? Um, not really. I still see it. You know, I still see it everywhere. I think there might even be like a special room for that. I would have to look it up further, but at least there used to be. So what does it look like in the syllabus? Like, what do you mean by DEI? Um, They just have to make sure they put it in there. I could probably show you after for sure, but it's, it's in there. I think it's trying to propose, you know, respect and inclusion um, and just make sure everyone feels welcome, you know, but I don't know. Well, it's does it make, how does it make you feel then? Or do you feel like your views um, are protected under that as well? Um, politically, definitely not. I actually, I used to hide it a lot my freshman year mm-hmm. um, just for fear of, you know, losing friends and maybe even getting a bad grade. I've written a essay um, before, you know, with more of a, like a left-leaning slant just so that I don't get docked those points because, you know, I don't know if the professor cannot, like, hold a personal bias against me if I do write with right. my real, like, conservative political views, yeah. Do the professors ever make comments mocking conservatives? Yes, or? all the time. Um, I counted last fall, actually, that at least two of my four professors that I had that um, semester, yes, they made some sort of, I guess, either a joke or, like, some sort of statement, something that they said that, just made me know that, okay, this is the way that they're politically aligned. Right. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, I got to be real careful in this class, you know, because they didn't follow that up with anything like, oh, but it's okay if you, like, believe something else. Um, Nothing like that was said after. So I was kind of watching my words in my essays after that. (laughs) Do your other friends in YCT experience the same thing in their classes? They do. I think the ones that are in either government Mm -hmm. or and other sort of maybe philosophy classes, they're more open to different thoughts and they can be more bold about those. But I'm in the Moody College of Communication and it's kind of ironic, but I feel like I can't communicate those views. (laughs) Yes, I definitely felt that as well in the film classes. Um, It is weird the, well, because people would be making comments all the time. I remember Mm -hmm. once even my freshman year, they were making fun of, or they were talking about, I think they're talking about people who are not actually tolerant on campus and how there's work to be done. And they specifically named young conservatives oh, in no. Texas as a problem <laughs> in the classroom. Wow. Um, and then shortly after that, the next year, there was, um, because you were still in high school then in t- 2019, right? Correct. Okay. So there was, um, there was even a Fox News article that was written about this and several other outlets covered it too. But there were students who were being threatened with doxing. Do you know what that is? Yes. Where, right. Your, your personal information is put online if they were joining uh, young conservatives of Texas specifically. Wow. And I have retali- heard stories about that. Yeah. And it always is in the back of my mind um, that, you know, I could get doxxed or anything like that. But I am a senior now. Um, so I'm pretty much upfront about my political views, especially meeting friends for the first time. I've learned that that's like the best way. Just kind of don't shove it down their face. But, you know, if it comes up, it comes up. Like, don't hide it, which I used to do heavily freshman year. I would, you know, avoid at all costs, kind of never really say my opinion. So what changed for yeah, between what those changed? two? Or actually, let's question. even set it up a little bit more. What okay. was it? What was it like coming onto UT campus with so many students who were just outwardly liberal and speaking your views what how were you received yes. at first um at first it was very apparent 
between like conversations and just once again that COVID topic you know once anybody kind of spoke about COVID you kind of see which way they leaned um so I kind of stayed quiet at first and after that I did meet a couple people who were kind of quiet too so I had a hunch about them I was like oh maybe they think like I do and um they were the most chill of the group so I did end up telling them And it seems like such a big thing to me, at least back then, that I would even tell them. So once I did, they were like, oh, you know, I I think that way, too. So that was a really awesome experience to have people. Was it like relief for them, too, to be able to speak about it? It was, yes, because we we would even talk about it like, wow, like I thought everyone here was like not like me. And I was like, no, like I'm here. Like I'm here for you. Like we think the same. It's chill. Yeah. Did you ever end up having... um, like did it end up ending any friendships whenever you started being more open it did so I was part of a friend group my freshman year and going into sophomore and even junior year and eventually yes it did end a lot of friendships there and I'm sure how does that happen like what you know how do those conversations look yeah so I remember distinctly one time after introducing a lot of the YCT people and a lot of my friends from that friend group at the time after introducing them it was such like a stark contrast I remember even in the other room one day there was a conversation pretty heated too um over Trump actually (laughs) so that was kind of interesting but um I felt bad you know I brought these two groups together and here they are fighting in Mm -hmm. the bedroom you know and then I remember just was that a party or yes it was just like a get-together but yeah yeah, no it was kind of heated (laughs) but yeah, after that, after, like, the first formal introduction, um, one of my friends actually told me, she was like, I like you, but I don't like your friends. Mm. So that kind of hurt a lot. <laughs> and from that moment, you know, I was never really treated the same, I guess, because um, it's hard when that's your identity and someone just doesn't like that at all. So it did eventually drive us apart. Right. I experienced kind of a similar situation. So my freshman year, I was also very closed off about it. Or I would do, like, whenever I was doing the campus activism events, I'm part of a big group. It's fine. But in class, I was like, you know, I want (laughs) people to like me here. I'm doing film. This is going to be weird. Um, But I remember there was a... Um, one of my friends from, like, the film stuff, he played Dungeons & Dragons with his friends and invited me to join the group. I'm... Yeah, that kind of nerd. But <laughs> um, so I was doing that for like a couple of weeks with them. And then we had stopped for a little bit um, just due to unrelated stuff. And somehow it came up one day that I was conservative. I think um, it may have been around the time where I was originally doxxed that okay. freshman year. Um, and so his friends were getting uh, were getting mad at him for being friends with me in spite of my political views and so I wasn't welcome back at their oh no house after that which was just a really weird thing but one that thing is. I appreciated about that friend was he's not conservative at all but he was willing to be like this is ridiculous you know that she's a good person you just disagree with her on this stuff and now you don't want to associate with yes. her. yes so that, it was a really weird that is such a good point because I do have a lot of friends that are with me now and that have stayed with me despite my political views, because they're, I guess, more chill, (laughs) to put it, Um, frankly. They just don't really care, and they like me as a person, and that's honestly the kind of friendship you want anyways. So that's how it is in, like, within those personal life. Um, What is it like in the classroom with other students? In the classroom with other students, um, because we're not on that personal level yet, Mm -hmm. I am really hesitant to just be upfront about my views, 
especially um, I remember this past fall, right at the beginning, during introductions, when my professors went down every student, just, you know, say your name, say your major, and say where you want to go. And I kind of want to go into maybe um, political communications. Right. So I wanted to say that, but at the same time, it was not happening in front of, like, my class of 30 kids that I really don't know well. And, you know, I just meet my professor for the first time. I don't want to be upfront about being very political just yet. In those situations, do they still ask pronouns as well within that group of questions? Yes, it was definitely optional <laughs> during yeah. that time, yes. But I feel like every, I think every single class I was in by the end, not even just the film ones, on the first day when you do the introductions, it's <laughs> yes. name, pronouns, then major, and all the other stuff. How, what do you choose to do in those situations? Um, if I can, I'll skip it. That's what I did too. Yeah. It is on Zoom now. Oh, it's on Zoom and it's also on Canvas. I'm not sure if you're aware, but both kind of, I guess, infrastructures that we use. Have it on now. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if I figured out a way to change it or not during the middle of it, but <laughs> yeah. it's just weird that that's just something it's that's on there. To be clear, so I don't put it, but it's an option for sure. That's utilized, I guess, often by other students. But, right. Yeah. But I... Yeah, it is just, I just think it's weird that they're, you're being put in that situation to yes. begin with by And it was never and... weirder, that feeling of kind of, if you don't, you're kind of like, people are skeptical, you know, but I never felt that more. Um, I guess it was the spring of my sophomore year, so I guess two years ago now, but um, everyone is still mandated to wear masks in the classroom, but it was kind of optional, you know? But everyone was like mandated, like you better wear one. But like, but well, you don't at have that time, to. this was spring of what year? Love last oh, or two shoot. years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think during that time, it was the state said that the university was no longer allowed to require it, mm-hmm. but teachers could highly recommend it. Yes, and they did highly recommend right. it. Um, but I, you know, I was done with the masks. I wanted to kind of just stand up for myself, you know, stand up for what I believed is right. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't wear one. Were and you was, sometimes the only student in the I class? I was the only one in a lot of my smaller classes and then in the other ones I was like maybe one of like two or three but most people like wore them and it was very kind of awkward feeling. Did the teachers ever say anything or try to offer they you one? They never said anything. Um, I do remember another student actually I forget what they said exactly but they were like you know if it makes people uncomfortable you should wear a mask and I was like well I don't think anyone's feeling uncomfortable and then they were like, okay, fine, like, whatever. But, I'm surprised they didn't double down and be like, well, I'm uncomfortable. Yes. Luckily, class was starting, so everyone kind of <laughs> went inside. But um, So a student yeah. came up to you with that. Wow. Yes. And it was, yes, it was interesting because, yeah. Do you think that more um, liberal or left-wing students feel the same way as you do about not being open with their opinions or feeling like that they should hide them in any way during classes? Um, absolutely not. It's actually an assumption across all students and all professors that if you're going to college at UT, I would say fairly that you are um, more liberal, you know, with your views. So people will make jokes openly. And it's until I'm like, oh, you know, actually, I actually like the Abbott guy, you know, it's at that point that they're like, oh, okay, you know, somebody doesn't think like I do. It's kind of interesting um, to watch kind of like the gears turn, because it's just assumed widely that everyone is and it's okay to kind of bash on um, conservative viewpoints and kind of just make jokes about it or even just I guess present 
your views um, openly and everyone will be okay with it. You know, everyone will agree. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the room is agreeing with you. It is weird, I guess, because I'm thinking back on some of the classes that I had and people were just very willing to say their opinions that I would consider. And I think most um, most adults who were like, you know, above millennial age would probably Mm -hmm. be like, wow, that's a very radical position, no matter what side (laughs) of the aisle you're on. But during classes, they were just willing to say it's very interesting. It is a very <laughs> so. interesting. And it, it makes me feel a lot less um, able to express myself for sure in the classroom. Well, speaking about free speech then and like that sort of ability. Yeah. Last week was free speech week on UT campus. What was that like? <laughs> yeah. So I know that UT did work hard as a whole to kind of make um, free speech um, more of a topic that's talked about. So there I know is panels. um, we also also got an email <laughs> last week about um, free speech is actually from President Hartzell. So he sent it out. And the only thing I remember in that was just like a feeling of, oh, you know, maybe um, this could help, you know. But I started reading it and there was a lot of talk about we brought this person to the campus last week. We brought this person to campus, you know, like how can we possibly not support free speech? Um, but what I think a lot of people don't realize is it's not about how many people you bring to campus. It's actually about what goes on in the classroom mm. and the feeling, I guess, that people are allowed to be open in the classroom because there's a big difference between, I guess, like what you see on the outside right. and what it actually feels to be a student. In the so classroom. there's a difference between bringing someone once a month onto the campus or allowing Correct. that, I guess. Like, <laughs> thank you, our overlords, for letting us have one speaker. <laughs> but if in the classroom you still feel like you can't express yourself in your writing, then exactly, is there any actual freedom? Yeah. Um, and then going off of that, too, I feel like you're definitely not alone in that feeling. So this is from the Dallas Express. UT Austin ranked 239 out of 248 and the 2024 College Free Speech Rankings from the Foundation of Individual Rights Rights and Expression, also called FIRE. The study was based on surveys of more than 55,000 students across the country, and UT Austin placed the lowest of any school on that list. Does that surprise you at all? (laughs) That does not surprise me at all. Um, We are probably by far the most liberal campus in college um, among Texas colleges, so I feel like if you are somewhat left-leaning, you know, going to UT might be a reason you want to go, you know, be a part of that. So I think it does attract a more liberal crowd among the students and, of course, the professors as well. They kind of add to that. So overall, yeah, Do I Do you would think it impacts your learning at all whenever there's only one point of view that's, um, I guess, yeah. being taught at the university? So when you're trying to learn, right, you need to feel comfortable in your environment. You don't need to be worrying about, oh, no, should I not express this view? You shouldn't be worrying about how others perceive you. So I do think it impacts your learning to some degree to not be able to be yourself and to always be thinking about, oh, no, you know, like, I better not say this. I better not think about saying that. You just have to make sure you have a filter turned on. Exactly. And that's what it does feel like, honestly, just having a a constant filter on. Wow. Um, So... We've talked about the classroom a little bit, what friendship is like. I want to dive in more into what it's like being a young conservative of Texas member there at UT campus. Yeah. So like I was saying, in 2019, we were uh, (laughs) 
hated across campus. I found it fun because I liked being like, oh, yeah, I'm rebellious. I'm different than everybody else. <laughs> but that also is hard. So I wanted to see what is the public perception right now of being in the young conservatives of Texas? Yeah, it's funny you say that because it still kind of does feel like some sort of um, you have to have a rebellious spirit to be one of the only conservative orgs on campus. And we are the biggest conservative org on campus. We do the most stuff. We are definitely the strongest member wise. Um, so to be that, <clears throat> excuse me, that mm -hmm. form against all these organizations um, that are left leaning and there's honestly it feels like millions. So it is a, a little bit of like a rebellious spirit that you need to have to be a member. And then at that, we are viewed, I guess, I guess terribly on campus <laughs> because we do table a lot. We do protests. We do um, hand out our Texas Horror newspapers, you know. So we do get a lot of Oh, I didn't know y'all hand out the feedback. newspapers. We do. What we is do that, that like? Speedway. <laughs> really? Yes, we get a lot of mixed reactions. Some of them, my favorites, are always like, oh, thank you for doing this, you know, like, oh, wow. when do y'all meet? Like, can I join? And then the other side of that is, of course, um, like, some random, like, masked dude with an umbrella just coming up and trying to put a sticker on our poster as we're holding it so that's happened multiple times though right it has it has so that's always kind of rough um just for ob obviously safety reasons because you're like oh no you know should i feel in danger right now is this bigger right. than it is or but have yeah. police stepped in at all during some of they those they have yes so last week or maybe it was last last week we actually held a UT stands with Israel um, protests there on campus, and that was received with a lot of um, hate, a lot of kind of safety concerns, honestly. Wow. So the police were there, the UTPD, they were there in the background um, making sure everything was okay there. But we did get a lot of good responses Were the well. police necessary whenever they were doing pro-Palestinian activism on campus? I actually have no idea, but I'd be interested to know. Yeah, I remember yeah. there were, again, the, I, I feel like I was part of, like, one of the weirder years of YCT like stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was before COVID, so there, oh, there was there just, and it was also post-2016 election stuff, mm. and then, 20. anyway, there were just a lot of situations that made it, like, a little bit controversial, yeah. but I definitely remember there were um, two bigger instances where police had to be, like, there and standing in between the two groups that were doing our events. Um, wow. Actually, did you ever see that video of the girl biting into our poster and no. stuff? That sounds insane. I need to see if I can like get a get a picture or something on <laughs> onto yes. this here. But basically, she um because I know we have like a whole video of it. I just have to oh go find goodness. it. But we were oh it was during uh, the Kavanaugh hearing stuff. Oh, okay. And there was um I think it was like it, so it was just pro Kavanaugh stuff of like yeah he's being wrongfully accused and all that sort of stuff. But there oh the counter protests were insane and someone like <laughs> reached over, grabbed one of the posters and like was trying to like fight it out of their hands and like ended up grabbing it, biting into it and then ripping it down. That so, is insane. I actually yeah. never seen. I that, guess she didn't get lunch that day, to. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was it was that, and then there was another event hosted by another organization where um, Antifa came like kept they were outside protesting and multiple times made their way or tried to make their way in and mm. one did. Um, and we had to have, um, to get out of the building, police had to escort us like 10 people at a time. Oh, and wow. so they had to like have a whole wall of them and they had like their bikes between us and them because they were, it was in a hallway of just a classroom and oh, they had goodness. to slowly escort some of us out of the building. That's crazy. 
Yeah. Just, wow. Well, I'm glad your public Good safety's times. gotten better since then, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, I feel like, I don't know, maybe COVID, you know, people don't want to get that close anymore, but... That's fair. Um, Are there still masks by certain people? People do wear masks, yes. Um, That's for that, so weird. I'm not really sure as to why, you know, but, you know, it's not bothering me. I kind of just... That's fair. Think about it for a second. I'm like, you know what? It's fine. You know, you do you. Wow. Are there any other fun activism stories or stuff that you've, where you've had encounters with people on the left since you've been there? Oh my goodness. Let's see. Did the, I know the pro-life ones usually get some. They always get a lot (laughs) of, yes, kickbacks, the the right word for that. Um, I remember we did a specific pro-life one, I guess, um, either last year, the last year before that, but that was really fun. We had, um, a lot of people on our side out there, so maybe like six of us out there in rotation, you know, just holding pro-life posters. And I'll never forget this one interaction I had with this girl. She came up to me, obviously very, um, already kind of touched, you know, that, like, touched in a bad way, you know? Ah, she gotcha. was, like, kind of furious Less touched, more impacted. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah, she comes up and everyone else at the time was a guy that was I was tabling with so Mm. she kind of zeroed in on me and she's like I don't understand how you as a woman can be pro-life and I was like whoa you know I should be the most pro-life because I am a woman but it was an interesting um interaction for sure to be singled out like that and yeah is there still that negative perception of conservatives that they hate women or are trying to oppress them of course (laughs) Um, there is. I know there's a lot of jokes about it. You know, that's kind of how you get the most from culture. Um, or you, that's how you can see culture the most, I think, is just right. through, like, what people are joking about. Because that's kind of, like, the common norm. Um, but you're in an organization where, and there are a lot of guys in YCT still now, yes, right? it is so, mostly male-dominated. Um, just because, I guess, that's the t- statistic, you know. And it is it is a correct one. There are more males that are young and in college that support conservative views. So what is um, what is it that you think that women can do to, I guess, get more involved and make sure that they're yeah. part of those groups? Well, they could start by watching the Sweet Tea podcast. Oh, this is a good answer. <laughs> no, just kidding. I did not prompt nope, that. Should. Well, not kidding. Subscri- Actually, they yes. Should. Please subscribe. <laughs> please comment. And then also share with everyone. Please and thank you. Correct. <laughs> Also, I think more conversations need to be had um, between women and just kind of more of an open mind, you know, like just because you're a woman, just because you're in college, you don't have to think a certain way. And I don't think anyone's ever, or I don't think many have really thought about it. They've just kind of grown to accept what they think they should accept, um, which is kind of unfortunate, but I think they should really just take the time to think about it again. And if they're nervous the about time. joining um, a conservative organization or just getting politically active yeah. or policy active from, <laughs> from my side of things now. But um, what and if let's say that they're nervous about like the guys there because they've heard some some things about that they're less accepting of women. Have you found that to be the case for you? No, I have not. I think everyone I've met in YCT has been very considerate, very caring um, just genuinely good people. So I would highly recommend if you're nervous, you know, just do it. You will probably lose some friends on the outside. I'm just going to be upfront with you, but it'll be worth it. You'll find more friends that are more accepting of who you are, I guess. So when there's so much at stake, which could be like 
your teachers could, like you being in YCT could impact your your grades theoretically it impacts the social circles that you have um, it doesn't make your life easier on a day-to-day <laughs> basis so why do you choose to be involved yeah I think it's really important one to stay grounded you know to have those conversations with people that think like you do especially when everyone else is just bashing on it and honestly like tearing it down you know I think it's a great way to stay grounded and also it's easier theoretically to make friends with those you have in common or yes <laughs> with people who you have like common values go, with yeah it's really botched but yeah you get what I'm saying and then I think it even hates like connects to dating life so like my fiance and I met at the Capitol for <laughs> different things a few years ago <laughs> yeah. and then we had like church stuff in common and so I just feel like your your life in the future is going to be dictated a lot by the people that so you choose true. to surround yourself with yeah. and so I feel like it's important to start earlier and to be able to to make sure that you have that common ground that's underneath exactly you all. right um it's funny you mentioned that because my boyfriend and I interned at the Capitol together so oh really yeah that's so funny <laughs> that you would mention did y'all meet through interning or did you just we met through a mutual friend through YCT so See, was, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. So if you're a single lady out there, <laughs> get politically <laughs> yes. active and find someone. Correct. <laughs> so actually, we had someone submit an Instagram question for us after okay. seeing some of the show, um, and I thought it was perfect for for you since you were on today. So she said, "Hi, I'm a junior at UT, and I was wondering what it what it's like being openly conservative on campus. I'm in a major that leans very left, and I'm scared in class to share my opinions." Mm. That's a great question. Well, first of all, hi. <laughs> and um, yeah, you, like I said, just it's worth it to make the leap because all my freshman year, I did hide it, you know, and I ended up losing those friends anyways. So if you're worried about friends, if you're worried about, I guess, just people, once they know the real you, they leave. Um, I wouldn't worry about that. You know, I would find some sort of group on campus so that you do have that social outlet because nobody likes going through college feeling alone and without anybody to rely on. So it's worth it to make the switch, I guess, and be more open about it. And what do you think would happen if every single conservative on UT's campus or campuses in Texas started just being open and acting like their views were normal and should be accepted? Yeah, I think that would be amazing. First of all, it would be a big depolarization um, across campus for sure to have open communication about that very topic. And I think it's needed. I think maybe syllabus is <laughs> syllabi underneath the DEI part that doesn't have to be mandated anymore. I think they should also include maybe a like a preface of, you know, any political view is accepted in this classroom. So what you're saying is almost a policy sort of thing to ensure that political views aren't just discriminated against. You know, that would help tons mm-hmm. or even if the professors were to just on their own just make a statement in front of the class and be like, hey guys, like I know I make offhanded comments sometimes, but just know that your grades will not be impacted by this or whatever um, your views are. I think that would make me feel right at home, you know. But I've never once heard a professor do anything like that. So that'd be a great start. That's never happened where a professor's at least prefaced with, hey, I did the, these opinions are just mine and you can have your own? Um, not exactly. The closest that I probably heard is just, you know, they kind of claim to be more apolitical even though they're obviously not. That's right after gotcha. following up, like, right. something they says that was political, and it prompted mm-hmm. them to be like, oh, but, you know, I'm not really into politics that much, so it's okay. 
Oh, okay. And that yeah. helps. So what you're, I guess, leaving us with today is the what you'd ask for universities is make sure that your teachers don't discriminate against conservative students and make it known that it's a safe Correct. environment to And I, I do understand feel. that professors do get some sort of training, right, to be a professor, and I'm sure it's ongoing. So maybe they could include some sort of professor training, too, right. to be like, hey, guys, like, let's make sure because of maybe the statistic that just came out about um, the free speech at UT. Right. Uh, maybe they can work on making the classroom more of a place that's open for all sorts of political opinions as well as everything else that we're already pretty inclusive about in the classroom. And just to reiterate, for all the ladies out there who are 18 to 22 still in college, <laughs> what should they do um, to, or what should they do with the fact that they're conservative? Yes, to all my ladies, it's even more so important um, to be open about those views because you will make other ladies not feel so alone, you know? Yeah. So it will start maybe a snowball effect of, hey, you know, like, I think that way too, which would be amazing. But it is far more common to find a guy from that age range <laughs> on campus to be more open about it. Right. So I think we should, as women, start standing up a little bit more for what we believe in. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, of Jordan. Course. Thank and you so much for having it me. It is nice to reminisce on the good old UT it times. It is. And so everyone else, we will be seeing you uh, very shortly. So goodbye and hook them horns. <laughs> <laughs>